Welcome to the Developer Spotlight on the Full Dive Gaming Podcast. In the Developer Spotlight, we sit down with VR industry professionals. This week, Jay and Nat, we're sitting down with Jordan McGraw from Nooner Bear Studio. Jordan developed a game called Rogue Ascent, which was then published by Click Games. Jordan, thank you for joining us. Hi, thanks very much. Happy to be here. And while we're saying thank you, of course, we got to thank our sponsor, Asterian Products. They make VR and AR headset accessories. I got a couple of their beautiful glowing stands on my desk right here. If you want one for yourself, use code FULLDIVE10 on Amazon to save an extra 10% off. And Jordan, we had some people from Click Games before, but this is our first time having you here from Nooner Bear Studio. And we found out Rogue Ascent is officially coming out Sci-Fi Day, May the 4th, official Oculus Store. For our listeners who've never heard of it, uh, obviously, congrats, but what is the game? Rogue Ascent is this blast into the sci-fi universe using just hand tracking technology. I mean, it's it's everything that you've seen in film and media before this, but it's brought into reality. So we've used controllers for a long time and we're used uh-huh. to using these in all sorts of, uh, you know, when we play on console or play anywhere. But this is the first time that you're just using your body. You're just using your gestures and your hand communication to actually navigate and control the game. It's an interesting game. I got to play it some. And for those of you out there who haven't got, done much of the hand tracked on Quest yet or on Quest Pro, you don't pick up the controllers at all. You just leave them sitting somewhere and it sees your real hands. And although it can be glitchy, the game actually gives you some tips. Have good lighting, have good contrast, things that are going to help the hand tracking work. But then it's also designed in such a way in this game where your hands stay out in front of you. And that's really cool because it helps the hand tracking stay good. And there's a time where it just starts to feel really badass. Like you make a finger gun and your gun shows up in your hand. You're ducking and dodging bullets. You you aim your gun up to reload. And when that happens, it spins the gun animation on screen. That it's is really, really cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> I had a good time playing it. Now, how does it feel to be going on the meta store? That's like the big goal for every developer I know. Yeah, it's... I. It's surreal. I mean, honestly, it's surreal because, you know, you have these aspirations. When you start building the game, you're like, well, you know, are people going to like it? It, Particularly something like this, that's kind of a new take on it's a whole new control scheme. You know, nobody's familiar with anything like this. You even wonder if something like this would get attention and then, you know, Mm -hmm. it keeps getting bigger and stuff. And then you work your way into App Lab. Being on the official store is just, again, it's surreal. It really is. It's very exciting for those that got the game when it was on App Lab. Do people that have the game on App Lab automatically get the Meta Store version or is there anything special they need to do to update it? Yes, absolutely. They they are entitled to the Meta Store version if they purchase it on App Lab. Yeah, they're very good about that. Nice. And it just Sweet. it's automatic. They don't have to like go re-download or anything. That's good. Yeah. Cool. So easy. I know there was another game that people had pre-ordered and last minute it came out on one of the platforms, you know, the step up from what it was. And so they canceled everyone's pre-order and they had to like oh, re-pre-order no. or go buy it from the oh, store. No. So it's probably best that the game was already released when this happened. Liking the game, I've got to play it some and it's an interesting mechanic. So I'd love you to have you kind of talk through the mechanics for someone who's never played it. What motion are they using with their hands? How do they move around in this game? Give them a little taste of that. Yeah, so for those who are able to see this, um, if I put out my finger guns, this is how you shoot. You know, you don't have to squeeze triggers. You're not doing anything else. It's just, it's a really simple gesture. Finger guns, that's how you Mm -hmm. aim. That's how you fire. Um, You block bullets by putting up two fists in front of you. That blocks, you have this energy shield you raise. You move around in the world. There are these little movement nodes placed around in in the environment. You put your hand out over top of them. Just a really simple reach gesture. Like, you know, if you were reaching for something on the other end of your desk. It's all these gestures that are, I always say it's built into your physiology. 
physiology. You've been mm. studying this controller your whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, you, when you hand like a controller over to somebody who's never played VR before, sometimes there's that that moment of confusion, particularly mm-hmm. if you already put the headset down. You know what I mean? Yep. And yep. then they're fumbling over these controls. But if I tell someone, look at your watch, like they know what to do with mm. that. You know, if they say, hey, make finger gun. It's like they know that. Right. It's just so, it's so built into us. You can't even help but use your hand when you talk. So it's just, yeah. it's so much, so much part of us. But then there's a lot of consideration because, you know, it's kind of like, what approach do you want to take with hand tracking? Do you want to take a very literal approach that's kind of like, well, you have to you know, physically touch things or do you want to take something that's more gestural that allows for kind of more abstraction of that control system? I took kind of the more latter approach. I said, let's think about this as a new control system and not think about it as simply, you know, using your hands as you might use it. It's a game. So it needs to be fun. When you're doing all these gestures, you know, there's kind of these supplementary actions. You mentioned spinning the gun. I love doing that. Like one of the first things I did when I started building VR games, I I think I made like a shooting range. And then I was like, it'd be cool if you could like spin the gun. And I added that. And then ever since then, all of my VR games, you've been able to spin the guns. And so this one was your signature. Yeah. And so (laughs) it's, it's like, it makes you feel really cool because it's also, it's like, it would be hard to do that normally, but it's just, it's a cool sort of gesture that's informative to the player as well. Cause it gives them an indication of their, uh, the current control state. And that's, that's important because because you don't have things like haptics. You kind of don't know what you've you got until it's gone. So when you lose out on something like haptics, you really have to emphasize and reiterate on points about like how do you indicate certain things that haptics would have otherwise given you. And VR, in VR, haptics is huge. Yeah, I love the the hand tracking in the game. I thought it was a unique take on it. That I mean, we don't have a lot of hand tracking games right now, but I've done a couple where it's just like you just use your hand. So you're like punching stuff or, you know, you do some kind of funky gestures and they don't really work very well. But this really worked really nicely. And like you said, it goes so well with just things that you normally would do, like the finger guns, putting your fists up in front of you. And it worked so well because there's other games that I've played where there's like a shield type of thing. And it's like, you know, doesn't always come up and you're like, bah! And so yeah. I was like, oh, this is great. It actually is working and it works so well and comes up right when you need it. And Yeah, it's all these gestures that it's like, you have to be able to perform these gestures you know, in combat. So it's like yeah. you don't want to give any any gestures that are too complicated. You don't want to have it so that, you know, some people have their ideas about, they're like, well, how come you don't like squeeze triggers or anything? Then I have to say, think about this. It's a hand tracking game. You're going to be ducking and weaving and, and bobbing yeah. and stuff. And, um, you know, the hand tracking is good, but it's not perfect. You know, you have to acknowledge the limitations of the technology. Mm-hmm. If you're doing some of these gestures, do you really want to be in an intense, you know, combat scenario and have these fine motor controls failing? Right. So you don't. So you just want, you got to build, you got to get creative and build within that space that's available to you. And it makes it really fun, which I, I feel like that's kind of lacking in some of the VR games we have. It's either like these AAA games you know, they're fun, but they're like really involved. So it's not as much of the kind of whimsy or like some of these like not great games, like maybe they're kind of fun, but they're pretty bad and like kind of janky. And then this is like so perfect because it works really well. It looks great and it is fun. Like finger guns, that's great. It's like whimsical. It's fun. I really like it. It's a great game. You kind of talked a little bit about some of the limitations of hand tracking, but like how hard is it to get it to work? How did you get it to work so well? 
in this game? It's a lot of design choices. I mean, you kind of have to be actively thinking about. So I did, I did a little bit of experimentation with it. And when I first put on the headset, you know, I looked at version 1.0 hand tracking, and that would have been kind of late in the year, December you know, 2020 or something, I tried it out and we've kind of been disappointed by hand tracking in the past, unfortunately. So there's kind of a stigma associated with hand tracking and nobody's really, you know, figured out a good way to use it. So there is that stigma and you have to address the limitations of any technology you work with, especially, you know, when you're in these uh, emerging technologies, it's one thing to be like, oh, it can do all these things, but then you have to be able to have some baseline. You'd be like, okay, there's certain perspectives to look at it, but from one is just being like, well, you have to realize that, you know, don't ask the player to kind of venture into territory that the headset's not going to be able to, you know. So, for example, I don't I don't require any gestures. Gestures aren't like, you know, multi-stage or something. So, you know, it's not like you have to do this gesture followed by this gesture in order to get mm. this thing to work. The closest that I have to that is your ultimate ability in which you put up your your hand like this and you make a fist. For the most part, you don't want to have gestures that are, you know, you want to make anything pretty much a, a static gesture. It's very easy because if you miss part of the that gesture sequence, that's frustrating and you don't get, you know, it's hard to give that feedback. So in a certain sense, it's like, yeah, recognizing the limitations of the technology, but then just designing within what you do have available to you because there's actually quite a lot to, to investigate there. You think about the average VR controller and you've got your directional patterns, you got your A, B, you know, on each side and then start kind of buttons. And then compare that to the number of letters in the English alphabet and you think about American Sign Language. So mm -hmm. it's like we use our hands way more than you think. And it's more than just manipulating a controller. The design space is rich with possibilities. You know, you think about all the different ways that you orient your hands and the different ways that you might be able to do certain gestures. Paying attention to what you have available to you and really leaning into that. That whole kind of human psychology aspect. Mm -hmm. I like to talk about the field of human factors because the human factors is the branch of psychology that deals with kind of the intersection between engineering and design. You know, mm -hmm. most machines and systems work fine until you introduced a human into the mix. There are good practices to take with that and understanding, you know, the human body and what's comfortable to repeat in certain motions. You know, I try to make sure, for example, that I don't have any gestures that require you to put your hands like above your head because it's not hard to do this, but it is hard to, to hold your hands here for, you know, do this for like mm. three minutes and you, you'll start right. getting fatigued. You, yeah. So there is that consideration of, you know, the player's fatigue. You have to think about what is natural or or just um, transitions between gestures. And so I was really impressed the first time that I used the 1.0 hand tracking. I looked at that and I said, yeah, I, I can do something with this. I mean, this is good enough. I, I just I just need something that can start somewhere simple. You know, you can think about like uh, game jams where you have a prompt and a prompt might be like, you know, one button input. And so that creativity is bred in constraint. And so being able to take something like that and design within those limitations and explore that space, I think you're left with a much more solid design. So cool. It's really interesting hearing about all the different things, all the different things you have to think about when you're developing these games, because, you know, as just a 
person that plays games, you're just like, wow, cool. And it's like, oh, there's a lot of things that go into this. There's like thinking about like the psychology of it and thinking about the mechanics of it and working within the restraints of it. So I love hearing about that. Thanks for going into that. Yeah, absolutely. I think you brought up a good point there when you said that we've been disappointed by hand tracking before too, because Mm -hmm. there's been so many things, so many games, and I'm pretty forgiving when it comes to something like hand tracking, how new it is. I went into this game with a little bit of apprehension. I was like, you know, I went through some games recently that had hand tracking and it was rough. And this game from from the trailer, it looked like this game was trying to do a lot with hand tracking. And I wasn't even, I wasn't even through the first level before I completely changed my mind on it. I was like, okay, this, when you start, like you're really, you get physical, make sure you have some space. If you're playing this game, you're moving, (laughs) you're dodging and ducking and you, you pull up your gun to your side. It it just feels so good. Like to put your Mm -hmm. hand, your finger gun up by your ear, your gun spinning, it's reloading. And then you pop around the corner and you start returning fire at these enemies. And you like, you feel like so cool (laughs) that it's like, okay, this, this is how hand tracking needs to be for now Mm -hmm. until we get a different system for it. And it, it just, works and that's Mm -hmm. a big thing to say about anything that's hand track yeah for sure yeah absolutely i mean it it is interesting that you you as a player you see a composite of all these micro details and it's sometimes Mm. it can be hard to pull that apart to see what what exactly is in there you know what constitutes this this full design but it is just all these tiny tiny layers of consideration uh factoring in the the human elements into this and then the the technology and trying to make a, a good intersection between the two of them i love that i was just so excited about how just it worked so well i was like <laughs> wow it works. yeah people say that a lot <laughs> and it it was easy to like the the way you're moving around you just like put your hand over Mm -hmm. where the next like movement space is and like wow i was just so impressed i mean you you think about the um the frequency of certain gestures so you know shooting you're going to do that pretty often reloading you'll have to do that occasionally but you're always going to have to be able to move like in any game movement is the first thing that gets covered um so you need to make sure that that gesture is the most simple um and -hmm. just having it's kind of like do i need to you know point a certain amount of fingers do i need to no just put your hand out over top of where you want to go and it combines a lot of these elements of kind of safe vr practices you know we don't i want this game to be beginner friendly you know Mm. i want this to be so that even if this is your first time playing vr or if this is or if you're a vr veteran i want it to be like an amazing experience for both of you there is that degree of being like how do i design these gestures do i you know do i design them for these you know super users or for the most part you know everybody is going to be a novice at this and so Mm. you have to take Mm -hmm. that into account so these some of these gestures just have to be as simple as can be and movement has to be one of them and i'm really excited we've been talking to you about how like we wish there were more like we love to see games that are beginner friendly because we love showing vr to people yeah is there any way this game would ever come to other headsets or maybe psvr 2 or anything like that is that a lot of work to to do that well it's it's kind of a technological question also because they would need to be able to support the hand tracking because if you play it with uh, controllers, yeah. it's just not the same experience. True, and it, it true. kind of feels like this uh, dulled down version of the game. But mm. I'm certainly open to it. I mean, I want I want to make sure that everybody gets a chance to play the game. For sure. Because, you know, we have our go-to games on quests that are like are like showing new people like Beat Saber, Pistol Whip. I feel like this is going to like be one of those games 
to show to people that are new to VR. They'll be like, whoa, like you can just use your hands. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, the barrier to entry is so low. You, you It's it's like I said, you, you already have your controller started here. It's like you right. already got that. They're, your your hands are your controllers. So it's so important to get people into VR. There is, you know, this, it's it's hard with VR because it's not, it's not as mainstream as the other uh, kind of uh, gaming media. So you have to be able to say, well, like, you know, you don't want to have to convince someone like to play VR. You just, you just, kind of want to be like yeah vr is awesome we know it i want you to know it and let me show yes. you how how that is because you know mm-hmm. we all we all fall fell in love with vr for some reason some way or another and it's it's always great to share that experience with people who are new mm-hmm, for sure and we could sit here and sing praises but obviously you got <laughs> the biggest praise by making it to the official store so many developers are trying to do yeah. what you're doing do you have any advice or any words of wisdom to them like how did you pull it off i would say for one so my perspective on this was to take a technology first approach um you know i i recognized that when when you're starting a new project you're going to have people interested in the project for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I chose to take the technology. Well, you know, it started out for me as kind of just like a challenge. I was like, you know, what could I do with, you know, I gave myself two weeks for it. Um, and, you, you know, two years later, you know, here we are. But it's like, take a, take an approach that will get you noticed. I mean, you mm-hmm. want to you want to do something that kind of pushes the the boundaries. And that's that's a lot of what I've done is because people are recognizing that this is new and this is novel. And so people, you know, you know, what's this all about? Like, how does this work? You know, some, it's hard to wrap your head around sometimes. So I think taking, taking an approach that kind of shows the world what niche you fill and like how well you can do that. Mm -hmm. So, and, and then my, in, for my approach, it was, it was to take that technology first approach, look at the technology, evaluate it, and then and make something with it. I looked at the Oculus store when, you know, hand tracking first came out and I was kind of evaluating it. And there were like three titles there. I think it was like Hand Physics Lab, uh, Waltz of the Wizards had just gotten their hand tracking update and there was some other title up there. But three games, you know, and I was like, why not me? I, yeah. I could be one of those titles. So I looked up there and saw that, you know, and just saw, you know, this was um, you know, a, a, let's say a gap in the market. And so I said, mm-hmm. take that approach use the technology well understand it um, and innovate with it nice good advice for people trying to get to the main store we've talked with a few developers that are like working on that um so we've talked about how the hand tracking is really nice for new users with this game being used at conventions to demo vr have you can you tell us about how noobs react to this best hand-tracked game in VR. So yeah, we just went out to GDC in uh, San Francisco a couple weeks ago, and it was so much fun. You know, people are coming to the booth, and um, for the amount of VR games that are there, there are still a lot of people who had not played VR before. And you know, in our world of VR, it's kind of like wild to me. I'm like, wait, you've never played VR before? It's like, well, yeah, a lot of people haven't. But they'd come (laughs) up to the booth, and then they'd be like, oh, you know, so like, what is this? You know, explain to them. And it's so funny to think that some people's first experience playing VR would have been without any controllers. So I'm almost Mm. curious what they think about when they do go to controllers to say, well, this is kind of weird. But when people play Rogue Ascent, they're at the booth and every time they take off that headset, there's just this enormous grin that comes across their face. Because, you know, and I look at them and they look at me and we both have this understanding where they're just like, that was incredible. Because they just experienced, you know, the 
it, like the birth of a new technology. And they, they were just proved, you know, why this is a technology worth evaluating. Getting people into VR for the first time and then having them use this sort of control scheme is so rewarding because everybody is very receptive to it. And, you know, when I'm explaining controls to them, um, I don't have to, you know, show them the, the button map on a on a headset, I can just say, hey, so let's practice this together. I'm going to say, finger guns, move, shield, reload. It's like, and then they got it. And so they'll get into the headset already knowing the controls because they've already practiced it. They've already done it. They already know how to do the controls. Yeah. And especially for people that not only are new to VR, but people that aren't really gamers, that's Mm -hmm. really great because for people that are like gamers coming into VR, they have some familiarity with like controllers and pressing buttons. So it may not be too difficult for them, but people that are just wanting to try this new thing, that's a really (laughs) great way to get them in. Yeah. There's no hand-eye coordination. There's just hand. Yes. (laughs) Just hand coordination. (laughs) It's a cool game for people out there. There is currently a free trial on App Lab, but will there be a free trial when it goes to the Oculus store? Is that a thing? You know, I'm actually not sure about that. I don't know how they handle that. If they do, I'd like to push for that because as we said, with that stigma around hand tracking, people are going to look at that and say, you know, is it worth it? And stuff. it's like, well, just give it a try. You know, just play right. through the tutorial, play a mission, and you'll see why it is. Like, you'll you'll figure it out. And I say, I believe other games on the Oculus I've seen offer the free trial, so you'll probably have that option. But then if that's still there and you're listening to this podcast, I mean, there's no risk in trying this. We'll, of course, have links. But this is Nooner Bear's calling card, right? This is your main game that's come out that you're known for. Is there anything else in the works? Or are you just going to keep working on this game? What's next for Nooner Bear? There's going to be a lot of support for Rogusen. So after launch, we're going to do an update, big update in the works. After Rogusen, probably more titles very similar to this, doing more of that technology soul searching, figuring out what it is that that works and, and how to innovate in that space. Nice. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to make sure our audience knows that we didn't already cover? Rogue Ascent launches May the 4th. It's been a lot of fun to work on the project. It's been a lot of fun to see what people think about it. You know, it's taken a lot of iteration to get through to the point where it's at currently. And so feedback is important. And if you have anything to share, uh, that's always welcome. So it's always very good to get that. Heck yes. Well, for those of you out there listening, there's going to be links to this in the show notes, in the description, all kinds of ways you can go check it out. And as long as that free trial is still a thing, at least give it a try. If nothing else, give it a try, mm-hmm. leave a review because it's going to get you in. It's going to it's going to show you something different. I think we forget VR is still new. And a lot of us yeah. are thinking, oh, we have grip buttons. We have triggers. We are starting to learn the recipe for how VR should be played. That's not true at all. We've got a long ways to go. And this shows us something there. So I appreciate that. Thank you again, Jordan, for joining us. This has been so great talking to you about this game that we have really enjoyed. It's a great game. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, hey, if you're out there listening to the podcast, remember, if you want to come see these motions we're talking about, the finger guns and the blocking, make sure and stop by the YouTube, vice versa. We're there for you on all your audio platforms. And if you've been thinking about VR for a while, but the controllers scare you off, well, now there's a game you can play without controllers. So it's finally time to dive on in. Dive on in. Dive on in.